Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie, coming to you live from the studios of 1050 AM WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world via our YouTube channel. Just go to GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. Speaking of islands, a lot of talk about the Epstein Island. As everybody in the news already knows, anybody paying attention to the news, billionaire Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his jail cell of an apparent, air quote, suicide. Well, I said it back in July on my show shortly after Epstein was arrested that he would never be allowed to live to testify. That's right, guys. I nailed it. He just knew too many people. There's no being stuck in the middle here. This lowly piece of human excrement has been preying on young girls for years. The Pedo Express, Epstein's private Boeing 727, had a flight manifest boasting of some of the most important dignitaries in the world, including two presidents, a prince, senators, a former secretary of state, and a very well-known Harvard law professor. Yes, this was a man capable of naming names of very powerful men and corroborating claims made by several victims over the years. This is a man who could sink dynasties, could destroy the reputations and the very lives of the people who have sat at the levers of power. His existence in this world was an abomination his plea agreement in 2008, a disgrace to our legal system, and his alleged suicide, a national disgrace. We'll get to the details later on the show. Also today, we have the very talented Andy as a music guest. And uh, in our studio with us, we have, as always, the incredible Mr. Jim Selovich and Steven Simonovich. We'll get back to the details of the Epstein case and more after our first break. And we're back in the studio here at AM 1050 WLIP. This is Ralph Nudie. Get Real with Ralph. In the studio with me today, I have Mr. Jim Salovich. How are you hey. doing, Jim? Hey, good. Glad to be back from Florida. That was a uh, it was a great vacation, but it's always good to be home. Right. How uh, did you hold down the fort here? Uh sure. <laughs> also, and, and was, a nice Sunday night off. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have those once in a while. Yeah. Uh, also in the studio with us, we have Steve Simonovich, who uh, decided to come and weigh in uh, as as he's known for doing. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, Ralph. Thanks for having me aboard. Thanks for coming. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this Epstein uh, situation. In, um, in 2005, the world was introduced to the reclusive billionaire Jeffrey Epstein, friend to princes, American presidents, a power broker who apparently had the darkest of secrets. Jeff Epstein was more than just a wolf in sheep's clothing. He he was an absolute monster. He was a pedophile accused of recruiting dozens of underage girls into a sex slave network, buying their silence, and then moving on. 
and he never faced justice for his trafficking. In 2008, it might have been, it was either 2007 or 2008, I believe the deal was struck. In 2008, he had a sweetheart plea agreement where he simply pled guilty to one count, a state count, of uh, soliciting a, a child for prostitution. And then all of the rest of the federal charges went away for him. Not only did they go away for him, but they also went away for any and all co-conspirators, as it is, as you can see in the federal documents, which I've posted on my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. I just posted it right before we came on. And uh, some of the um, co-conspirators were actually even named uh, and given immunity as part of his plea agreement. Their names were Sarah Callen, Adriana Ross, Leslie Groff, Nadia Marcinkova, and, uh, of course, his longtime girlfriend, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who is the daughter of the uh, uh, media mogul Robert Maxwell. Um, Maxwell and Kellen were especially troubling. Uh, Kellen, Sarah Kellen was Epstein's former assistant because uh, they were repeatedly accused in court filings as basically acting as pimps for him. They were recruiting and grooming young girls into their network of child sex workers, and they were also frequently participating in these in these sex acts with them. Kellen, in particular, was believed by detectives in the Palm Beach Police Department um, to be so deeply involved that they prepared a warrant for her arrest as an accessory to the molestation and the underage uh, sex with minors. Uh, and Maxwell was accused of photographing his victims in poses and then keeping that child pornography on her computer as well as engaging in, in acts with them. Just truly, truly, truly disgusting stuff. And, you know, I, I look at this and it, I just, I don't understand how how this guy got away with this the first time around. Uh, first of all, I have to say that the the, uh, the prosecutor at the time is now our... Uh, our Secretary of, of Labor, uh, Alex, uh, the name escapes me here. What, what's Alex's last name? Do you, do you know, Steve? Not off the top of my head. Secretary of Labor? Secretary of La Labor Secretary. They've been asking him about it here um, within the last few weeks. Um, boy, it's, it's, it's escaping me now, but the guy needs to be fired. That's the bottom line. I know, you know he's part of the Clinton, or I mean Clinton, I'm sorry, he's part of the Trump cabinet. He, um, you know, ha has a perfectly long explanation for how they didn't think they had enough to go on. But they gave immunity to absolutely everybody. They let the guy plead guilty in a state court and did a uh, deferred federal prosecution agreement in which he got his hand slapped, did 14 months of house arrest, and then was sent back out to prey on more kids. Uh, we took him out, Alex Acosta. Alex Acosta, thank you very much. Alex Acosta, the labor secretary. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Alex Acosta, you need to not have a job working for the federal government of the United States of America. And President Trump, if you're hearing this, you need to fire the guy. I'm sorry. I know that uh, you, your circle of people that are loyal to you is, seems to be getting smaller. That's just tough bananas. The guy's got to go. This is this is disgusting. It's disgusting to let somebody like that in, in your administration. And uh, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you have to hold people on your side of the aisle just as accountable 
as people on the other side of the aisle. I've been saying since I started this show that that this has got to stop being a team sport in this country. Uh, I have to check. Um, I think he was at, uh, under some heat for some other stuff. Um, and I think he, they may have asked him to resign. I have to maybe look at that. Who, Acosta? So, yeah, I don't know if he's in the Trump cabinet at this point in time. Yeah, he, he's he's currently the labor secretary. And he's had he's just offered up plenty of excuses. So, you know, the, the first thing I want to talk about is what a creep Epstein was. Oh. And then we'll get to the suicide or the murder or whatever mm-hmm. it is that it is, because I don't believe that this was uh, that happened in a vacuum. I said this I, two or three weeks ago on this show. I said that Epstein will never make it to court, that he knows too many people, that he can name names, and that he will probably kill himself in his jail cell. I think that's what I said. I think Jim said he'll probably get domered or something like that were your exact words. And I said, no, he'll, he'll, it'll be a suicide. You know, Vince Foster was also a suicide. And... As I posted on my Facebook page, so is the fictional Frank Pentangeli, who is going to testify against Don Corleone. And they had a little conversation with him about how his family would be taken care of, and he got into a bathtub and he opened up his veins. So we'll, we'll talk about the details surrounding that. But the timeline of this, the timeline of the entire case, is just equally disgusting and troubling. I mean, as, as far back as March 2005, there are accusations. And I have to say, these parents, uh, this child that, that started this, this string of allegations, these people are heroes because they stood up to the powerful and uh, they didn't get justice, even though they were heroes. And I hope that more of these heroes come forward and talk. I hope that this immunity agreement can be looked at and that these co-conspirators can be looked at for additional crimes, because I don't think there's such a thing as blanket immunity for any crimes we've ever committed in the past in this country. So I hope the Justice Department figures out how to crack open this case, because these other co-conspirators need to be held accountable. They need their feet held to the fire. Names need to be named. And this entire disgusting, revolting child sex ring needs to be exposed and Everybody in it needs to be exposed as well, and I don't care. I don't care if it hurts our economy. All right, it it doesn't matter. What well, is f- I'm looking here. Um, it looks like uh, Alex Acosta was uh, actually he resigned July twelfth, twenty nineteen, from pressure from the Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, he scandal. did. He did resign. All right. Well, mm-hmm. good. Then I guess you know, firing isn't an option if you've already resigned. But this goes back to two thousand and five. They searched his home. They found telephone messages. They found oh, they found a basically a Rolodex with girls labeled massage, and he had these women working for him, going and getting these girls, recruiting them to massage him, and then he would slowly up the ante and and groom them for further and further disgusting things, and then pay them sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to underage children. I don't know how they did that, whether they did it by check, whether they did it by cash. And then the man goes free. He's got a lot of money. Yeah, he's a billionaire. The judge in this case also, you know, I, I would say a hero. The judge denied him any kind of bond because they were trying to make the case, well, he could be on house arrest awaiting trial, and uh, that he's not a flight. You have your own island. 
You have your own Boeing 727. You have billions of dollars that the world knows about. How many millions of dollars you probably have hidden in cash and boxes all over the place. Mm -hmm. The ability to probably change your appearance, change your name, change who you are. The man would have probably disappeared on house arrest. Let's face it, he would have. The judge did the right thing. And here we are now being robbed of justice anyway. May 2007, uh, a 53-page indictment prepared by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Simultaneously, plea negotiations are initiated by his legal team. There needs to be a congressional investigation of this plea agreement. These girls need to be called to testify. The ones that are being given immunity, they might be they might have been given immunity, but they're not immune from testifying before Congress. They're not immune from testifying before the Senate. You know, Brian Stile called in here about a month ago about the mm-hmm. human trafficking bill that, that he got behind where they're going after the financial networks. I would really like to talk to him. I tried to get him on the show today, but there was a, the scheduling wouldn't work out. He needs, to, he needs to really start screaming from the rooftops because he's our congressman. We need a congressional inquiry. If you're listening to this show and you live in southeastern Wisconsin, you need to call him. You need to ask for that congressional inquiry. This bill that he co-sponsored, this bill needs to go through. It needs to get signed, and they need to look at giving bills with even more teeth in it. If you're trafficking children, it should be at least as bad as trafficking drugs where any sort of money that you have that can be connected, any sort of assets can be completely seized by the federal government. Mm. I'm sure the government could use an additional Boeing 727. What do you think, Jim? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if the government doesn't know what to do with it, call me. I think we could probably find someone to put some get real with Ralph decals on it, and maybe I can rent it out. What do you think? I like that idea. Or Let's travel around. Let's take this thing on the road. (laughs) Or, or you know, seriously, maybe give it to Operation Underground Railroad so they can go, they can go conduct their operations all over the world as they like have that. been doing, and 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 have it. That's that that's that would be my vote. Give that to, give that to uh, Tim Ballard and the Underground Railroad guys. There you go. So they can go there and fly to wherever they need to fly and get done what they need to get done. But somehow there needs to be some further there needs to be some further justice in this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Then in 08, after his plea agreement, after the victims learn about it, they, they, they file an emergency petition. They try to force the federal prosecutors to comply with the Federal Crime Victims' Rights Act, which they didn't do, which mandates certain rights for victims, including the right to be informed about plea agreements and the right to appear at sentencing, because they weren't given that. Hmm. When you're stolen from, you have that right. These are these are people who these are children and parents of children who who were who raped by by a pedophile. Mm. And they find out that he's already been sent to jail and that the investigation has, is over and shut down. What was the uh, how, how were these kids getting to this island? What was the uh... on his little plane? Yeah, I get that. But uh, how do you get away from your parents and your everyday right. life as a child? I'm sleeping over with at this monster's I'm house. Sleeping, I mean, I'm sleeping over. Jenny says she's sleeping over at Lisa's house, and Lisa says she's sleeping over at Jenny's house because they're going to get on a little airplane and fly from Miami to an island in the Caribbean. That's about a half an hour jet plane ride away. I mean, we have parents where they're going to get to go play with that laxed of a right. Oh, you haven't met my ex-wife. She used to. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. My my son would tell her that he's that he's going out, and she would text him at like midnight. Hey, are you coming home? You're spending the night. 
Mm. Yeah, there. I mean, there's terrible parents out there. Even even to my own children, there's a terrible parent out there. So I'm not surprised. Wow. Yeah. I I don't know if I ever told you about. It. I, I I literally found out that my son was hanging out in a drug house at 16 years old because his mother gave him zero accountability. Mm. So why would this be surprising? Yeah. There's I mean, a lot of parents that are permissive. And they think they're doing the right thing because that's the whole PC culture that you're supposed to let your kids spread their wings and make their own decisions and, 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 and grow a little bit on their own and make a little bit of their own mistakes. And the next thing you know, your child is on, on an island being raped by a billionaire. Is mm. there like an older friend that these kids had? And then they were with this older friend his and is, then they were getting they're promised some kind of a paradise. Sure. Yes. Away yes. For a few days. His his assistants, these women that work for him would groom these girls. OK. Yeah. Come get you're going to get on a private plane. You're going to fly to an island. You know, um, our, our boss, uh, Jeff, likes to get massages. That's all mm. just a massage and they'll pay you. So these girls are getting a little mm. cash in their pocket, you know, five hundred dollars to give a rub down. Maybe 15 for a rub and tug. I don't know. I don't know mm. how that works from there. <laughs> it's, you know, and these girls are 15. These girls are innocent. They're as innocent as any 15-year-old. They're innocent, but they're curious, I'm sure. Right? I mean, that's. They're 15. They're 15. They I want, was innocent. They want to grow up fast. They want to do different mm. things. Yeah. They're, they get, they're, they're just, know, they want to, you know. All you have to do with a teenager is make them feel like you're going to treat them like a grown-up. Right. Act like you're, you're their yeah. friend. Mm. and then Yeah. You get to get on a private plane with all the big shots. And uh, by the way, you're going to get to meet Prince Andrew or President Clinton. 22 times President Clinton was on Epstein's plane. Now, I have to say, in in fairness, President Trump was also on his plane Mm -hmm. once in 1997, and it wasn't to go to Epstein Island. It was to go from one place domestically to another place domestically. So, And there there were some accusations uh, that were made, and I, I have no idea if they're true or not. If they're true, they're disgusting. Okay? Right. And that's going to lead me down a whole nother dark path to these conspiracy theorists, these QAnon people. Do you know about these people? No. We'll, we'll go down that rabbit hole next because if I go down that one mm-hmm. right now, I know about. I, I won't come few, back up. But not all of them. One of his former butlers tried to sell an undercover FBI agent a black book filled with the names of hundreds of girls and young women that he had already allegedly procured for sex and massages. The butler told the uh, undercover agent that he witnessed nude underage girls at his pool and that he knew that the millionaire was sleeping with them. He also saw pornography involving underage girls on Epstein's computer. Uh, This guy's name, uh, Alfredo Rodriguez, was later charged with obstruction of justice and sent to federal prison. And then guess what happened to him? Hmm. He died. I was just about to say, he's still alive? <laughs> nope, he's not still alive. So I was waiting for that to come. Right, right. And the contents of the Black Book have now become public as part of several lawsuits because there were lawsuits filed, there was discovery done, there were depositions given. There is a lot of evidence already out there. This isn't like a whodunit. We know who done it. We know who the victims are. We know that the maid did it with the candlestick in the library. Ouch. Probably should have used a different weapon. That's all okay. right. Did it with the... Um, this, this continue. This is the game The gun. Clue we're talking yeah. About. Yeah. yeah. Clue. Yeah. Clue. The game Clue. Exactly. This isn't like Clue. Colonel Mustard. Yeah, Colonel Mustard. Yeah. <laughs> you said Colonel Mustard. I thought of President Trump. I don't know why. But. Don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's the hair, hair color. Yellow, orange, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, we have to laugh a little because this is really, really troubling. I don't know what other word to to use. I, I, I've I've lost sleep over this. Mm. I don't lose sleep over many national issues. 2011, two of his victims file a motion in federal court accusing the government of violating their rights by failing to notify them about the plea deal and keeping it a secret. Among other things, they want the plea deal invalidated in the hopes of sending Epstein to prison, and they accuse the federal prosecutors of deceiving them with false notification letters. Hmm. In 2011, U.S. District Judge Kenneth Mara rejects the U.S. Attorney's Office argument that it was under no obligation to notify them uh, prior to striking the non-prosecution agreement with Epstein because there were no federal charges filed against him. This decision ends up marking a victory for his victims, but the case keeps dragging on for seven more years until we get to where we are now. So sure, he registers as a sex offender in in New York when he goes back. Uh, A level three status, high risk of repeat offense, and a threat to public safety exists, but yeah, this guy gets to walk around. Here's why, and I believe this. It's not because of the money. It's because of the list. The knock list. Just like... uh... His travel manifest. Yeah. Okay. Alan Dershowitz. All right. This guy is a lying sack of bananas as well. All right. Dershowitz said, well, he only flew with his wife on Epstein's plane for fundraisers and a bunch of other stuff. Turns out that's not true at all. Dershowitz was on a travel manifest without his wife being on the travel manifest and with these co-conspirators, these wow. women that, are gr- that, that have been grooming, and with girls that are just identified by their first name only. To Pedo Island. Yeah. His little Caribbean... Uh, Whatever he thinks it is, his, his paradise this of disgusting. This island is in the Virgin Island area, right? It's in the Virgin Island area, right. yes. And it, yeah, they called it Pedo Island and Orgy Island. Epstein Island, yeah, Epstein, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to name it. it. It, you know. So wait a minute, Adam. So Dershowitz was on this plane without his wife. Without his wife, with the co-conspirators, with Epstein, and with several girls that were named only wow. by their first names. I'm not gonna look at him the same anymore. I've I will him. never look at him the same. And you know what? I had, I was looking into this case before, but not deeply enough. And I th- I thought there was gonna be time to really kind of look into this and dig into it because I really got my eyes woke to the, uh, what's going on with human trafficking this year. Really, you know, February I saw the Operation Underground's documentary, Operation Tucson. I started watching. I started digging. You know, I had heard rumblings of this Epstein character, mm-hmm. but I I really didn't dig into it until my, my heart was really touched by this. This happened in 2011 with Dershowitz? No, this stuff, Dershowitz started flying around with him in two, in the 1990s, oh, well, we're, and we're it continued all the way on. All the way on, okay. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, on the Epstein Island. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe, maybe he bought her a... Uh, never mind. I'm not even going to go there because <laughs> don't go there. I don't. I don't. I don't. Okay. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't. We don't we, know. We, we don't know exactly what. I know. Obviously, you know the guy's a piece of crap. I'm yeah. sure not every single flight on that plane and, and had not, to do with that because he was still a businessman. Right? He was still he was, a billionaire. You don't become a billionaire right. if you don't focus sure. time on sure. what you do. Right. You know, he was a power broker. When he, was Hillary at the island? 
I, I don't know the year. I got I got to look that back okay. up. I mean, there were so many facts that my husband's swimming. I was literally driving back from Florida with my family in the car through the night because I like driving better at night. We drove straight through and listening to YouTube videos about this to, to, to brush up on this uh, on my way here because I, I just knew that I wanted to tackle this issue head on. Was Bill with Hillary? What do you mean the 22 times that he went? Yeah. Well, no. no. The, the time that she went? She went, yeah. I, I, I really don't even know that. Okay. It could have been fundraising. It could have been whatever it happened to be. She was there at least six times. Six times. Yep. That's what it is. I'm looking online. Hmm. Bill is there more than 20 times. And then Acosta ends up getting named as Secretary of Labor. And, uh, yep. I don't know. You know, was this just a case of the president not doing his homework on this case? I, I, I really don't be. know. I mean, you know, when you're when you're dealing with billionaires and dealing with people who are going to give you money for your election, I mean, a lot of people don't ask a lot of. Well, this is a Costa he named, not you know. Oh yeah, I got you right. Yeah. right. Hmm. So then, in February nineteen. The federal judge that was uh, overseeing this, the, the smarter character, ruled that the federal prosecutors overseeing the Epstein sex abuse case violated the law by concealing from his underage victims the existence of the plea deal that shielded Epstein from federal charges. Concealing that deal violated the 2004 Crime Victims' Rights Act, a statutory bill of rights for victims of federal crimes. Now, here's the question. Does that mean the immunity granted to the co-conspirators is null and void as well? Good question. You know, his indictment was released, you know, was, was uh, given on July 2nd. And then he was arrested. We all know what happened there. He, uh, you're right, uh, Acosta stepped out on July 12th. I don't know how I missed that. There's just so many pieces of, pieces of this moving puzzle that it's hard to, uh, to get. On the 18th, he was denied bail. I think about that next weekend when he got denied bail, that's when we were talking about mm-hmm. him you know, getting shanked in prison. You know what? I would feel better if he actually got shanked by somebody who hated him for being a pedophile. I would actually be okay with that. Oh, that would be great. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with the fact that he was killed to keep his mouth shut. Right. Or that he killed himself. Uh, or that he killed maybe he maybe, maybe he killed himself, but it was still because he was compelled to kill himself. Maybe. I believe that. I believe he killed himself. I do. I believe that he is the person who did the deed. The question is... What was he promised? Who promised it to him, and why? Hmm. And does think, he have heirs? He's got a girlfriend. That's it. He doesn't have kids or like family members to pass down his wealth. I don't know if he has kids or not. I heard today that there is a pending lawsuit that is going to go on from one of the I'm accusers. It. Yeah, for his estate. This this island should be turned. You know what? This island should be confiscated by the federal government and turned into a retreat and recovery center for victims of of uh, trafficking. Idea. Seriously, great idea. Um, and, and, you know, if this island is another country's island, then we need to then we just need to send our military there and say, hey, we're taking it by force. He bought it from you anyway. What 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 are the tax revenue he's paying for the next uh, twenty years? Here it is paid up front. Yeah. Kiss off. The island now belongs to the United States government. It's like our new Guantanamo Bay, but a good Guantanamo for, for victims. Hmm. But if his wealth gets to stay in place and go to somebody else after all that, that's truly a miscarriage of justice. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on kids here. Then just 
a couple of days ago, one of the victims who had filed the lawsuit, uh, this uh, Virginia Guffrey, named two prominent Democratic politicians, George Mitchell and uh, Bill Richardson, the ex-New Mexico governor, uh, and said that they raped her. Wow. Hmm. So I'll never look at Bill Richardson the same either. Yeah. And I smell slick willy in here somewhere. I just do. Well, they're all in there. You know how the presidents are. They're... 22 visits to that island. 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what was he doing? Is that one for each year of age that a girl has to be under for him to be attractive? Well, you know, we don't know. (laughs) Donald Trump's been there, too. No, he's never been to the island. says here. He's he's been been accused of it. Oh, yeah, I've I've read it. He's been accused of being to the island, but when you go to the manifest... When you're a a billionaire and you're dealing with politics, I mean, you're going to know a lot. lot Well, Trump in 2011 did kick him out of Mar-a-Lago. He did kick him out of Mar-a-Lago, yeah. he, but he also years earlier said, oh, he's a great guy and, and he well, likes, he he likes beautiful women, he especially the young that. ones. You know, and, and here's what I... This is just my opinion, and I could be completely wrong. I think that Trump is your typical everyday pig. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? I He's a womanizer. He likes him young. We all know that. And so, you know, here he is hanging around with another guy who's also a pig. Right, mm-hmm. and then I think maybe, maybe somewhere along the line he realized this guy's more than a pig. This guy's yeah, he's not you know, just the yeah, guy and, that you wants know, because mm-hmm. because I personally know people that are womanizing kind of guys. You know what I mean? Right. They don't dig children, right? Not on that level. You know, they might be you know, they might be womanizers. They're they're definitely not marriage material. And that doesn't make them good people when it comes to 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 relationships or how they treat women. And I, and mm-hmm. I think it's wrong. I, I think that I think that the current president of the United States is a womanizing jerk off when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. I do. But that leads me back to this conspiracy website out right. there. It's QAnon. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, after the break. And uh, dig into their theories and whether right or not how they how they kind of line up with these recent events. Back in a moment on Get Real with Ralph. And we're back on the airwaves here at AM 1050 WLIP or GetRealWithRalph.com. We are talking about the alleged suicide of Jeffrey Epstein in studio here with. Uh, our panelists here, Jim Selovich and Steve Simonovich. That's a lot of itching going on. Yeah. A lot of Serbs <laughs> happening in here, buddy. A lot of Serbs. A lot of Serb action. A lot of Serb action. And uh, before the break, I was talking about this conspiracy website, QAnon. And uh, well, before that, listen, if you want to weigh in on this subject, uh, 262-694-1050. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines and take a couple of calls. But please make, make sure that you keep it relevant to the issue if you call in. That's uh, 262-694-1050. Anyway, uh, I was talking about the QAnon conspiracy site, and a lot of people don't know about it. That's Q-A-N-O-N, QAnon. You can, you can look it up on Google, or better yet, look it up on DuckDuckGo. Forget about Google. Well, that's a different show. Uh, look it up on DuckDuckGo, QAnon, and you'll see that this group has made a lot of predictions. And one of the predictions that they made when President Trump got elected was that President Trump became aware 
of an international pedophile cult. That was one of their conspiracy theories, and that he was going to bring them all to justice, and that that is his main focus, and that it was an international cult. Now we can jump to the Epstein thing. We've got Prince Andrew. I forgot to bring him up. He's been he's been to Epstein Island enough times, and he's accused. One, one of the accusers has said that he was one of the uh, people that uh, this girl's handler, this girl's groomer, made her have sex with. All right, so not just he's on the island, but he's accused by a victim of having sex on that island. All right, so we got this international group, according to this QAnon, of pedophiles that are basically having ritualistic practices and believe in some sort of, you know, the whole new world order, world domination type thing. And uh, that they're that they're doing this as like some sort of sacrificial ritual. And I mean, some of it is a pretty far fetched. But that um, President Trump became awake to this and that that became his mission in life is to break that up and to break up this globalism and start to uh, push the United States on its own path of nationalism, not to be not to be confused with this white nationalist movement, but actually, you know, having our country fight to keep its sovereignty as a world government tries to come in and impede on all of us with things like uh, EPA regulations and trade agreements. And, and so they have this conspiracy theory about all this stuff that is all ties back to this sex trafficking ring. Sounds far-fetched. And not all of this QAnon guy or QAnon person, we don't even know who it is, prediction is coming through, but this is an anonymous person who's putting out mm. these little videos and these little excerpts. And I encourage all of you out there to, to look it up and see what they're saying. Yes, it's a conspiracy theory. No, I'm not typically a conspiracy theorist. But I am going to read a, a short article from The Intelligencer um, by Max Reed uh, that was written shortly after Epstein was arrested this time around, but uh, before he was killed. And the article is, So Was QAnon Right? And... Uh, Here's the article. Over Independence Day weekend, as most of the rest of us set off fireworks and grilled at cookouts, a cadre of conspiracy obsessives awaited the fulfillment of a message board prophecy. In its broadest strokes, QAnon, as the expansive and complicated theory to which these people have dedicated their energy is known, claims that a group within the federal government has been conducting a secret investigation into a network of elite pedophiles. On the 4th of July, or maybe on the 5th, depending on which version of the theory you subscribe to, with the nation watching John F. Kennedy Jr., who faked his own death 20 years ago this month, would reveal himself, and then QAnon interpreter Will Summers puts it, team up with Trump to ship a huge number of top Democrats off to Guantanamo Bay for their participation in these global child sex rings. Of course, this wild theory turned out to be bogus, they got the date wrong. July 4th and 5th both passed without incident. It wasn't until July 6th that the feds handed out an indictment over a global underage sex trafficking ring implicating U.S. presidents, heads of government, top lawyers, world-famous actors, and a member of the English royal family. And to be fair, JF Jr., JFK Jr. didn't emerge from hiding. Otherwise, though, the Saturday arrest of the well-connected financier and convicted sex criminal Jeffrey Epstein on one count of sex trafficking and one count of conspiracy to commit sex trafficking went a long way toward fulfilling the QAnon prediction 
and therefore raising a troubling question. Did QAnon turn out to be kind of, well, right? Epstein, the federal indictment alleges, created a vast network of underage victims for him to sexually exploit, often on a daily basis. He's said to have groomed girls as young as 14 in his mansions in New York and Palm Beach and alleged to have forced them to have sex with the powerful people who ran in his circles. One woman says she was coerced to have sex with both super lawyer Alan Dershowitz and the Prince of Wales' younger brother, Prince Andrew. President Bill Clinton, as the right-wing press is fond of pointing out, was a frequent guest on Epstein's jet, which was apparently nicknamed the Lolita Express by the locals on the U.S. US Virgin Islands hideaway where Epstein allegedly hosted orgies. And that's that's the whole, that's not the whole article, but that's the majority of it. That is, again, from the Intelligencer by Max Reed. So... I think that conspiracy theories in general sometimes have a shred of truth or reality mm-hmm. to them. Absolutely. And then, I agree. And then people's minds spin out of control. Absolutely. Uh, they, take a, they take a shred, and sometimes it's more than a shred. So it leaves me wondering, how is it that some whacked-out conspiracy theory group years ago right around or during and after the Trump election, started predicting that a Trump government was going to crack down on a child sex ring, and then the Trump administration Hmm. cracks down on the child sex ring that previously during the Obama administration had been given a sweetheart deal. So I can see where all the pieces line up and conspiracy theorists' eyes are going to start to, like, bulge out of their heads and they're going to say, oh, my God, he's right. He's right. But is he kind of right? I think the article brings a good question. And that leads us to this. Jeff Epstein is dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, Bill Barr the attorney general in a written and in a verbal statement says that he's absolutely outraged that this could have been allowed to happen. And he immediately launched an FBI investigation and a inspector general investigation into this. This could be perceived as one of two ways. If you're involved in a conspiracy uh, and something like that happens and you want to make sure that people don't think you're involved, you're going to say, this is an outrage, Mm -hmm. right? If you're not involved and you're outraged, you're going to say, this is an outrage. So I imagine the Twitter sphere is probably lighting up mm-hmm. with people on both sides of that argument right now. You know, you got the QAnon people saying, see, see, Bill Barr's outraged because now their plans got derailed to round up all these people. Maybe that's true. The conspiracy theorists on the other side are going to say, yeah, this guy's saying this is an outrage. That's, that's the same thing any guilty person would say. But no matter how you slice it, a billionaire pedophile who is a power broker who we pretty much know has set up the ability for very powerful men and apparently women to uh, engage in pedophilia and can name names, hmm. was put on suicide watch after they found bruises on his neck and and allegedly he said to, he said, not in all the media, but in some of the sources, that uh, he believes someone tried to kill him in his sleep. That was his excuse for the uh, 
the bruises on his neck in some reports. I don't know if, if that's true or not, but there are a couple of reports that say that. But either way, the guy is on suicide watch and then taken off suicide watch without the proper protocols even being followed to be taken off suicide watch and then is left unattended in his cell in a prison in which the proper protocol is bed checks every 30 minutes. And the excuse is, well, these guards had five days of overtime and they were tired and they didn't check up on him. If he's on suicide watch, it would be every 15 and it's in an elevated cell that you can see into all the way around and the bed has no sheets and the bed is bolted down and there's all kinds of other precautions taken. So why was he taken off suicide watch? And then after he was taken off suicide watch, why was he not checked on every 30 minutes? And the third piece is there are surveillance cameras in there. Right. But they don't go inside the cell, so there's mm-hmm. no footage of him actually dying or being killed or how he died. Which I find that strange. Mm-hmm. But that is how those jails are set up, because they don't want to violate the privacy rights of, of inmates. But if you're on suicide watch. But he wasn't on suicide watch. But anymore. he was taken off. Right. But even, so who makes that decision? So even being, according to, uh, I, I don't want to say it's the Bureau of Prisons, but according to the uh, the reports in the media, he shouldn't have been. The proper, the proper procedure wasn't followed for him to be taken off suicide watch. Hmm. So even, <laughs> even if that screw-up happened, he's still supposed to be checked on every 30 minutes. And then that's – so this is not one mistake. This is way too many – what's the word I'm looking for? Um – Coincidences. That's right. a good word. Mm-hmm. This is way too many coincidences. If you did a poll, Ralph, on do you think Jeffrey Epstein was either murdered or Let's committed do that. suicide? 262-694-1050. I want to know if you think it was a murder or suicide, please. I think it's going to be 75-25. He was murdered. Mm. And I'll, I'll run one on the uh, Facebook page tomorrow as well. Because I there's no... Well, here's the thing, though. They do have a camera on the cell door. Mm-hmm. And there's no footage of anybody entering or exiting his cell. Okay. Maybe okay. he was given something to drink. No, he hung himself. Okay. okay. That's right. He hung himself. Yeah. So so he hung himself. Colonel Mustard uh, did it in the library with the gun. I mean, we, we know was that. Was it bed sheets? Bedding, yeah. yeah. Which they probably gave back to him after he took him off suicide watch. Right. Right. So he was right. sleeping on a metal. Uh, so it was basically, here, 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 here you go. Here you go. We're going to take you off suicide watch. Go ahead and do yourself in. Either okay. they figured out how to have some fake footage of a door not opening. Which is very possible. Well, it's very possible. I mean, this uh, is you see photos online, too, of, of, of the dead body that doesn't match up to his body. As far as like well, with the, the ear body, and the nose. I think the photo of him oh, the, coroner, the coroner is already mm-hmm. saying that he can't completely rule it a suicide yet. I... So he's been identified by the coroner. Now you think he'll you, you think they'll hurry up and cremate him too? That would be next, right? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, he might or, be might or, be might be cooking right now. Or be given a uh, watery grave like um, Osama bin Laden. I mean, you don't really think that they're going to keep this body for a long period of time, do no. you? This body's going to go away. He's not going to get buried and be able to be re-exhumed and re-examined. He's going to disappear. And then there'll be the conspiracy theories that you already that have already started that you already mm-hmm. alluded to that uh, they faked his death. Well, for everybody, he to, bought his way well, out. Can't uh, attorney Barr like say, "Hey, we, he's we, conducting we, an IG investigation." We need, yeah. We, yeah, we need, we need to do. Yeah. If Epstein's body disappears, I will say Barr's in on it. 
Okay, that's that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. If his body stays around to be preserved, right. I'd say we do have no. a caller and we got time to take it. We're five minutes to the top of the hour. You're on Get Real with Ralph. How are you? Hello, you're live on the air. Hello. There you yeah, are. hello. There. Can you hear me? Now we can, can hear, hear you now. now. What's your name and okay. where are you from? My name is Mark from Kenosha. Hey, Mark. What do you think? And I do, I do believe it was murder, and uh, it's just another one of the Clinton associates who has uh, met the suicide. So you're you're part of the hashtag Clinton body count uh, camp. Yes, I am. I can see where uh, I can see where that can be believable to some mm-hmm. people. There is a big list. It's a very big list, but the list has gotten whittled down by a lot of experts. I think that there have definitely been more people attributed to the list than, than could be possibly true. All right, Mark. Yeah, well, okay, uh, thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, Mark. Okay, chalk one up for... Chalk one up for murder. 75%. Right? Yeah, yeah. Murder. well, right now we're at 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so if his body isn't produced... Then I'm really going to be suspicious if if they just hurry up and do the mm-hmm. autopsy, give the conclusions. But the coroner's already saying he has doubts, so that tells me they're going to look into it. So if he wasn't murdered, he was allowed to commit suicide. Right. There's no other explanation other mm-hmm. than he was allowed to commit right. suicide. Here's your here's your sheets back. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. Yeah. And. Any Godfather fans out there, all right, you probably saw the picture that I posted on my Facebook page if you if you did. If you didn't, go like my page, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudie. I got a picture of Frank Pentangeli and Jeffrey Epstein, and it says, I usually don't commit suicide, <laughs> but when I do, it's at the request of Don Clinton. All right, we got another call. <laughs> we can take this one before the top of the hour. Here we go. All right, you're on Get Real with Ralph. Who's calling? Name in town? Uh, this is Jim. <coughs> Is this uh, Ralph Nudie? This is, Jim. How are you? I went to school with Mary Nudie and Joanne Nudie. Those would be my great aunts. Those are my grandfather's sisters. Oh, yeah. Then the Ralph knew I know. Well, I'm 85 right now. Yeah, we just lost him this February, Jim. Really? Yes, sir. No, when they first moved to Kenosha, they lived down Roosevelt Road between 24th and 25th. That's correct. That would be and my family. I was in... Uh, Lincoln Junior High would marry, and all the girls were dyeing their hair to get blonde. <laughs> and Mary had that real dark hair, and it turned orange. And the teacher in our science class, Miss Dive, chewed her up and down. She was crying. <laughs> that is a pretty <laughs> vivid right memory. Right over by Sears, right? Yeah, that was my great aunt Mary. That's correct. Okay. Holy cow! Yeah. Wow, yeah. Jim, that's uh, that. You got a mind like a steel trap. What do you think of the? Uh, what do you think of the death of Jeff Epstein? The what? The death of uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Do you think it was a murder or a suicide? Uh, I don't. I ain't up on that too much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for calling in. We're going to be coming yeah, up. I heard the... that name. Uh, Lou Regani keeps talking about you. Uh-huh. Ralph Nudie, Ralph Nudie, Sunday night, you know. And I says, it can't be him. How old would he be now? Mm-hmm. He just passed away. He was 83. God bless. I'm sorry, he was 86. He was 86. Oh, I'm 84. Yeah, oh, I'm 85. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, still he alive. Just... I don't drink. I don't smoke. But I like to joke. Well, I, I like your jokes, too. I a friend of mine, and he said his wife is a real angel. I said, you're lucky. Mine's still alive. Ah. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the call, Jim. Thanks for the call, Jim. We're going All to right. the top of the hour break. We'll be right back. Thank you. Aaron, while my coffee goes cold.
And we're back here in the studios of AM 1050 WLIP. This is Get Real with Ralph, simulcast on YouTube at GetRealWithRalph.com. And we're in the studio with Jim Selovich. That's me. Steve Simonovich. And uh, we're talking Epstein today. Uh, we're also going to be introducing our musical guest, Andy, here in a few minutes. Wanted to just put some closing thoughts together and wrap up this uh the subject, obviously, we went from the beginning of the case all the way down to to the death, and and in my opinion on that, and and I really feel that he's the one that did the deed. I, I do. I think that that the evidence will come out that he's the one that did the deed, but I I am not sure that it wasn't because of outside influence. Uh, the jury's out on that. I think there is a very strong possibility that. This suicide was a result of, of being orchestrated by one of his co-conspirators, one of his victims. It was done in an effort to protect somebody else. And as a result, uh, somebody close to him is getting a reward because it was either that or um, it was either that or some, some, some people are going to fall. And I hope that this immunity deal is stripped away from all the co-conspirators. I hope they all get called under the car- onto the carpet. I truly hope that this does not get swept under the rug. This is too important of a case. There are too many people who have too much power that have been too involved for this case to be allowed to die. I'm holding the media responsible for actually staying on this. They want to talk about every single shooting out there as if it's an epidemic that's striking our entire country. And whether you believe that or not, that's, that, that's one thing. This is a single conspiracy ring here. That is harming our children purposefully. My money, uh, Ralph, is I was talking to Jim <laughs> during the break. I think they switched the tape. I think they went in there, they choked him out, they stuck him up on the, you know, they hung him. I think he was murdered. If that's the case and his body's still around, I think the autopsy will show that and it, it'll be found if out. If we have an autopsy, it'll be found out. If his body disappears, if he's cremated, if he's dumped at the sea, if there's anything other than actual physical proof that can be linked to photos, everything else so they know it's him, which, I mean, heck, that could even be fake. They can, if they can fake a moon landing, supposedly they can fake that, uh, then I'll be with you on that. I will. And that's that subject. All right. We're going to move on to something a little lighter here. All right. So uh, we have with us a very sweet, special musical guest here. Known, she's got one name, kind of like Cher, but she's Andy. Hi, Andy. How are Andy, you? Andy, hey. well. welcome. welcome. Welcome to the program. And you. Uh, you are our musical relief from uh, all of that ails us in the world today. So <laughs> yes, I hope I'm happy to be. I, ha- I hope you have some happy tunes because we're going to need some I, after all that darkness. I kind of do. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a native of Milwaukee. Yeah, born and raised in Milwaukee. Okay. I um, I've been doing music for about ten years. Um, but maybe more five or six seriously I've been playing around. So 
how did you get started? I I got started when I was around 15 years old. Um, I kind of I've, I've got a bunch of other uh, stuff health wise going on, and um, one of the things I found out was that I was likely going to lose my hearing kind of early on, maybe in like my 40s, and so. Oh. Um, I decided that if I was going to do music, I, I kind of had a limited amount of time to do it. If I was told I had a limited number of years to have my hearing, I would probably, music would become even more important to me than it already is. So I can, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super, super important to me. So, um, I mean, obviously, you know, science is, it's an amazing thing. And yeah, you got, you got 20 more years of medical breakthroughs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not super, um, super torn up about it but that was definitely the the catalyst mm. that, that pushed me to, to pursue music so fantastic and uh do you play a solo act always have you played with bands uh yeah so i mainly play solo i actually um just put together a backing band for an ep release that i have on the 23rd oh, okay um i'm really excited about that and then um i also do some vocal featuring and and projects around milwaukee like funk bands and stuff like that so. that's great we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that and where to find your music after we hear some of it sure awesome. uh so what are you gonna play for us first all right well the first song i am gonna play is uh it's actually called what i'm good at it's the uh title song of the ep that i'm releasing on the 23rd and uh yeah it's it is a song about what i'm good at <laughs> wonderful here's awesome. andy with what i'm good at I'm good at 
Good one to start with, I tell you. <laughs> wow. You set the bar high, Andy. I think I found what you're good at. Right there. I think I, mean, I found very, what you're good it's at. Very, very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, did yeah. you write that song about? Uh, <laughs> I wrote that song about um a, about a former partner. It was okay. a letter that was written and uh and yeah, it uh it ended up being a really great song. Now I just kind of look at it as a sort of um for me, it's representative mm-hmm. of my love of just people in general. Sure. And, uh, music is extremely important to me. It's really relational for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I really, really want to do. But at the end of the day, I am only going to be remembered for the love that I either give or don't give. And so it's kind of about, yeah. like, that's what right I need on. to be good at. Right loving on. People, so. Well, you put a lot of love in that. Yeah. And that Thank was you. really... <laughs> so this this EP, how many tunes are going to be on your EP? Four songs. All right. So it's, it's a little slim, but mm-hmm. it's my first full band EP, which I'm okay. really, really excited right. about. Um, there's really, really great production on mm-hmm. it. Um a friend of mine, Andrew Lynch, did all of the production on it. Um, we had some really great session players that came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this really great work of art now. And I'm I'm someone that tends to be a little um, – I really hate, like, pushing my own mm-hmm. work. Right. It feels sure. a little um, sure. gross. It does. But, you know, when you've, when you've but, done something well and you know it and you feel good about it, and I can tell that you genuinely feel good about it. Yeah. This isn't yeah. salesmanship. This is, like you, – you, this is your passion. Yeah. Right. And – Never be ashamed of your passion. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and, and I especially mean, when you're good at it. Thanks. Yeah, and there's so many other people that put a lot of work into it too. So it's it's nice. I can feel proud about it because mm-hmm. I'm actually putting forth like no, there's like dozens of people that work nice. really hard. So yeah, I'm really excited to release it. And yeah, and you're proud of everything that everybody did. Yeah. And it's, you're always so thankful when you have a good cast of people around you that make yeah. you look good at what you're good at but you wouldn't look good at what you're good at if you didn't have those right people around you i kind of know a little bit about that uh jim yeah and uh it's 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 fun when you get to do what you love Mm -hmm. even if it's not now do you do this is your primary uh is your primary occupation or are you still moonlighting yeah i'm still working a day job Um, what's your day job i i work uh, as an accounts payable specialist at a music store so i'm kind of still nested in the music community yeah very smart really nice you get you come in contact with other musicians you get paid oh yeah and someday trust me if you keep this up you'll be able to quit your day job i'm trying (laughs) that's i would like this to be my day job so what um where, where can people find your music uh so you can stream my first ep from 2016 on spotify um that's an acoustic ep it's like i think six songs 
Um, I kind of came up in the folk tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a little folkier kind of um, acoustic indie um, stuff. Uh, Amer- stuff Amer- did... Americana type of feel uh, to not it. Quite. I mean, a little bit. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of just middle of the road gotcha. indie, I guess. All right, all yeah. right. um, but I did just release a single called Spoon Fed Women, which I'll play for you guys okay. today. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Is that on Spotify as well? That's not on Spotify yet. You can find that on Bandcamp. So if you just okay. literally search A-N-D-I-I and then Bandcamp, it'll take you right to my page. So- Gotcha. Yeah. So is stream. it andy.bandcamp.com or is it? Uh... Um. Yeah. It's 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 something like that. Got yeah. It. But um, just put a- Andy A N D double I. Yep. And Bandcamp. Put them together in your Duck Duck Go search, and it'll come up. Yep. Yeah. And so the the old EP from 2016 will pop up, and then also um, this new single that I released a couple weeks ago uh, will be on there as well. And uh, it's it's been kind of fairly well received. I've been trying to get some radio play, but. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you yeah. got some tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> so what are you going to play for us next? Um, I will go ahead and play that one for you. It's called Spoon Fed Women, um, and I can kind of intro it a little bit. I wrote this song um, several years after after the event that kind of uh, inspired it. Um, essentially, it's it's sort of just about uh, codependency and and things like that in a relationship manipulation and how I think a lot of people can – uh, get caught up in that um, because they don't want to be alone or because they just want uh, some semblance of happiness. Uh, but in doing that, you can kind of lose yourself. And uh, instead of feeding yourself, you're being spoon-fed uh, other things from other people. And so that's what it's kind of about is, is throwing that off and being your own thing and feeding yourself. So. I, I like the premise. I like the premise, and I'm really looking forward to the song. So this here is Andy with Spoon-Fed Women. Spoon fed, spoon fed women. Spoon fed, spoon fed women. You like them spoon fed women and take them out to dinner. Show off all your tattoos, explain all the meanings, yeah. Spoon-fed, spoon-fed women. Cause you know the weaker that they are, the deeper that they scar. You love to love them with your poetry, then walk away. You always told me that the timing wasn't right, that in a couple more years we could try this fight. Let me make it clear Uh-uh, uh-uh. Cause that is not the way That love works That is not the way That love works I'm not a Spoon-fed, spoon-fed woman You can't manipulate my grace How you gonna lie to just save face For you are not a man A man you'll never be Well, you're the greatest bullet that I've ever dodged in life And I just can't believe I managed to dodge you twice Let me make it clear 
I'm fine. I'm fine. Cause this is not the way that love works. This is not the way that love works. This is not the way that love works. Oh yeah, I uh, I found your Bandcamp's uh, site while I was listening to that, awesome. and I just put it uh, I just put it on our uh, Facebook page, oh, facebook.com forward slash Ralph Nudity. If you go there, the live feed is there right now, and if you look at the live feed, there's a link right to Andy's Bandcamp site, and I'll be I'll be putting more links up there later. Awesome. That. That's a very cool song. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely um I I love if you guys get a chance definitely listen to the the production of it the actual single cuz I the Absolutely. producer did a great job. It's a total vibe. We'll play that so. on the way out. Yeah, we're going to we're we're going to play we we like to end our show with oh, uh awesome. with, with some of our musicians music if we can get at it. So Jim's going to try and pull that up. Oh, I already pulled it up. Uh, t- tell me about your instrument here. This is a baritone ukulele. It's basically a mini guitar. A lot of people look at it because it's, I mean, it's obviously quite sizable. Um, yeah, it's bigger than a ukulele, and I saw that, but I saw that it had four tenor. strings like one, and I was like, that's, it looks like a ukulele, but it's about as big as the first guitar I ever had when I was about <laughs> nine. And yeah. so it's like, it, it's almost like a, a close to a quarter size uh, guitar, but. Uh, it's tuned just like a guitar. So the the two lowest strings, the E and the A, aren't on it, but gotcha. the four highest are. Okay. Uh, and so you can tune the D string um, to be a low D or a high D. And if you tune it high, then it actually sounds a little bit more like a ukulele, whereas I have it with a low D, so it kind of has a little bit mm-hmm. more of a resonant mm-hmm. uh, low tone to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, do you play guitar as well? I started out on guitar, um, okay. but I ended up moving to ukulele just because it was a little bit easier for me. Um, sure. So, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I play now. And I just started about, like, a month and a half ago taking piano lessons. All right. So really? that's going to start to kind of be implemented as well. Well, the amazing thing about piano is it just enhances your knowledge of music theory oh, yeah. so Big much time. that you can, you know, what the more you learn about piano, the more you learn about writing and arranging mm-hmm. and keys. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and guitar is great, and I think guitar is, you know, at least in the 80s growing up as a boy, it was the preferred instrument that any boy yeah. would want to start out <laughs> playing. But there, uh, I remember taking music theory class my senior in high school and having to learn piano, not being a piano player, mm-hmm. and thinking, gosh, I wish I had played piano from a younger age. Yeah, it's definitely the learning curve is intense. I just, even in the month and a half that I've mm-hmm. been there, like it, it unlocks so much, even just the stuff that I've written previously and not really understanding the theory of it until now is really intense. But, That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I know you got some more songs in in, in, in that uh, yeah. in that uh, catalog of yours I between do. your ears. So, <laughs> yeah. we're putting you to work tonight. We are, yeah. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I don't mind. Uh, this next one is also going to be on the EP. It's okay. called "An Angry Woman," and it is a song that was born out of my my quarter life crisis, which I think I'm coming out of really mm-hmm. like slowly. It's it went really well. <laughs> You'll be quarter happy to know. Quarter life crisis. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I I wrote this song um, 
I kind of decided to take a step back and just look at myself and my life. And uh, I think we as people, um, you know, our bare bones, like our mm-hmm. scaffolding is, is pretty basic. Uh, it's the same, you know, but what we put on it and what we build on it uh, is sort of our decision throughout life. And sometimes we can put some really stinky stuff on there and we have to take it apart and rebuild it. Yeah. Um, and so I realized I was kind of becoming a little bit of a crusty person, <laughs> like, you're too um, young to be crusty. <laughs> no, I was really crusty. Um, just kind of angry and frustrated all the mm-hmm. time, and I really didn't like um, that I was going through my life that way. Um, so I decided to just take a step back and realize that I was a really angry woman, and angry people are really hard to love. Um, and so that's sort of the premise of the song is just uh, as people taking a step back and understanding that um, we're always a process and we can always better ourselves. I love it. I love it. Wow, you have some introspective music. <laughs> it's called like, an angry, angry Broad. An angry, yeah. yeah. An angry Broad. I should have named it an angry Broad. <laughs> what, angry what, broad. Really what is this, a rap pack? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be so, uh, Swing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Swing. <laughs> an angry woman. Yeah. An angry right. woman. Woman, yep. It this is a waltz. It is written in three. Ooh. Yeah. The angry woman waltz. I mean, the angry one, woman waltz. I like that. One, one two, three. Yeah, one, two, dancing three. around one, in the two, studio. One, two, three. Is it like the Godfather Waltz or not? a little different? Uh, probably very different. <laughs> All right. Here is Andy with An Angry Woman. You guys think you can talk for a second while I tune this? <laughs> okay. I-, I believe we can do that. Sure, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Get Real with Ralph here on WLIP. <laughs> And after this, we're gonna do a little, uh, little. Uh, what are we gonna do? A little I'm song not, and dance. I, we'll do something. Put yeah. that thing right back where it came from, or so help me. <laughs> you you got the reference right away, didn't you? Oh yeah, that's that's a great <laughs> reference. Put that thing back where it came from, or so help bum, me, bum, so help bum, me, bum, unseen. Bum, bum. <laughs> 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 All, right. All right. I think we're a little bit more in tune now. Write a song about that. <laughs> that well, that's the song. It's from Monsters Inc. See, I don't even know. I don't have well, kids. that's because oh, you, you don't have kids that age. I don't have why. kids that age. That's why. Yeah. I don't have any kids. It's John Goodman and Billy Crystal. Oh, uh, yeah. Know, classic. It, I, yeah. I swear they had to have ad-libbed that part. Oh, probably. You I, would, know, I believe I, Knowing that. Billy Crystal and, and what he does, <laughs> I imagine that probably wasn't in the script, and they just started going off crazy, and then they had to animate it to catch up with what they were doing. <laughs> right. That's just what I imagine having happened there. Probably. It's, yeah. All right. So okay. this is... <laughs> We're gonna uh, reset here, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna I, I like to pause between them. That way, you can slice. The, we can slice the video out of the show and uh, of just your songs too. So here we are again with an angry woman, with Andy. Go ahead. Tell me what am I supposed to do when I'm conquered by the thought of you with you? won't reach out frustration builds inside my heart my peace begins to fall apart and i am plagued with doubt i i've been trying to find my way back and i have been searching for the peace I lack Cause an angry woman 
been trying to put into words the way my thoughts are most like birds that can't can't be caught and as each one escapes my head they start to pluck apart the threads and I I can't be far I have been trying to find my way Remarkable. Andy, where are you yeah. playing next? Do you play out? Uh, yeah, I do play out. Um, the next place I am going to be playing is actually my EP release on the 23rd. And where that, where's that going to be? So it's going to be in Milwaukee at Walker's Point Music Hall yeah, on 6th and sure. National. Yeah. What's the date for that? 23rd. It's a Friday of this month. Um, okay. I'm so excited about it. If you guys can come out to it, it's going to be really great. There's a $5 cover. Um, we're going to have a mini gallery night beforehand at 7. There's going to be a food truck there. Uh, what, which food truck? Uh, it's called Myophilia's. Really, really great okay. uh, vegan comfort food. Okay. Yeah. I have a friend of mine up here. He has one. It's called The Frying Dutchman. Nice. Yeah. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's that, that's great. So that's the 23rd mm -hmm. uh, Walker's Point uh, Music Hall. Now, where is where, that's yeah, obviously so in Walker's Point. Yeah, it's in it's on Sixth and National. Okay. It's kind of in an area. Um, they're really trying to revitalize okay. the kind of Walker's Point area. Um, it's a really great space. It's mm -hmm. uh, it's really awesome. So there's the bar side, and then there's the hall side. So okay. we're gonna have a mini gallery. I've got a few artists friends. Mm -hmm. um, so that's right. That's right off the interstate. Yep. It's, yeah, it's like right off the be real close to the interstate. Mm -hmm. that yeah, there's area actually there, an ex exit, 6th sixth and, sixth okay. and National. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about that, mm -hmm. um, representing some some artist friends of mine okay. um, that are going to showcase some stuff. I've got a great opener. Her name's Ebony Loren. She's, nice. Um, she's just like a total prodigy. She's very, very talented, mm -hmm. um, and she's going to be opening for me, and then um, I've put together a really really great talented backing band nice. i'm really excited about that's it that's exciting that's so, exciting yeah it's like kind of the wow. for me it's, like it's maybe all the coming together show. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs absolutely i mean it's, it's just going to be one rung in the ladder yeah you know yeah, hopefully. so it it, <laughs> yeah. it it will be it will be 
Um, so, uh, so after the 23rd, where are you playing after that? After the 23rd, actually, the following weekend on the 30th, I'm going to mm-hmm. be playing uh, my first show with a project that I just joined up with called Conscious Congress. Okay. Um, it's kind of a funk jam band sort of thing. Nice. Um, now, funk is my probably favorite genre. Oh, funk is... I've I mean, fallen for funk really hard yeah. the last couple of years. And Any, so, like, anybody yeah. who's worked with me in any sort of media, including Raynell, my video producer, and Jim knows that uh, you know, I'm always gravitating yeah. toward funk for yeah. any any projects that There's I'm doing. There's different music that... that that moves me, but really moves me is funk. Oh, big time. Funk big moves time. my body. I, I remember yeah, no. going to see George Clinton in Toledo, Ohio, when I first started dating my wife. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had liked funk before that, but I didn't really know that I liked mm-hmm. funk or knew how much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just... it. I bet that was an experience. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was... Uh, there was a lot of... A lot going on in the air there, if you know yeah. what I mean. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 But it was, a, uh, it was such a good kind show. A, kind of a sweet yeah. smell to that concert. It was a, yeah, and it was an <laughs> yeah. indoor concert, too. And, uh, you know, oh, wow. Normally, that, no, did, that doesn't it, happen at indoor, it, yeah, at indoor well, venues. You're dealing yeah. with a funk crowd, though. You yeah. know? So uh, was, they're yeah. going yeah. to they're, they're get funky, <laughs> okay? Sure. They're going to. Yeah. They're going to yeah. light so something I'm, up there. I'm really excited about that show. You really can't funk it up by yourself with a ukulele, I'm sure. But No, um, yeah, that's why I'm super... I mean, <laughs> funk, like, this project I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, so definitely... So you're, so you're funk and indie. Yep, yeah, kind of in between. I would say kind of like funk pop. Findy. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but funk and indie sounds almost like you're swearing. That's why I'm yeah. saying Because yeah. yeah. I, I, I know I, I can get away with it, and the FCC can't get mad at me I, for I, it. I caught that, Ralph, and I realized you repeated yourself again, too, too. To bring that across, for the people living in Rio Linda, you know yeah. they need to they need to hear it twice. Right. I think on, on that note, we're going to take a break. We are back we're after this break, break with and... a little more Andy. Yes, awesome. that's <laughs> the name of your new album. Got a little more Joe Jackson there playing. Um, Thanks to Jim over here, who yeah. told us it's Joe's birthday today, huh? Yeah, you know, I like to reach in there, see whose birthday it is, or something come up, and and uh, uh, such a uh, artist like Joe Jackson, which many people know who he is, but some people don't know how wonderful he is. I think there's a lot of people that don't know who he is, but when they hear his music, they know. Oh yeah, this he's, he's here, one of those. He's had a few hits in the '80s and uh, plays more of a jazzy type of uh, piano, and uh, just amazing. Have you listened to any of his stuff before, Andy? Uh, I can't say that I have. Like, no, not not a bunch. I, I mean, yeah, when you played the songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I know that. I know that song. Yeah, yeah, but not, I've I, never. I think it's important that young musicians hang around with a bunch of old guys oh, or, yeah. you know, like old music buffs because mm-hmm. you'll get re-exposed to stuff that you don't hear on the radio. Well, back and, in my uh, day when I used to listen to that rock and roll well, music. Well, that's how I got into funk because sure. I, I started, I did, um, and sometimes I still do, there's a mm-hmm. great, Funk band out of Milwaukee called Groove Grease. Okay, and so sometimes cool. uh, I will do vocal work with them, mm-hmm. and I kind of just started to dip my toes a little bit. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, we need a singer," and I was like, "Okay, I'll play some tunes." And they would throw them at me, and I'd listen to them and mm-hmm. learn them, and then I just kind of fell down the rabbit hole of funk, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, it's great!" It is just. Yeah. You ever uh, Fat Function? You've heard of Fat Function out of no. Madison? They're amazing. Yeah. They also play with the band uh, Steely Dane. Okay. Did they yeah. play the covers? Are they a, are they a nice. Steely Dan cover band? Or oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, nice. they're wonderful. Steely Dan is one that just doesn't grab me, and no? I know it grabs a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple songs, but 
Yeah, no, I don't know why. Just, because it, I like most of Steely Dan's a music of its own. There's there's sure. not rock. You know, is it rock? Is it is it right. funk? Is it soul? Is it what? Mm-hmm. It's a it's a New York sound. They're insanely talented. I just and I, and I recognize the talent, and it mm-hmm. just doesn't grab me. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes it, I. Like music is very, it's very energetic and very relational. So sometimes, I mean, if it doesn't grab you, it doesn't grab mm-hmm. you. You know, right. there's you nothing know. you can do about it. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, you know, gen- intergenerational stuff is so good. Like I grew up in the '80s, yeah. but I listened to a lot of '60s music, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably my other favorite genre. Is just all the all, all that angry anti-war music. I love it, yeah. even though I don't. That whole group of people and I probably. Don't agree on much. We agree on their yeah. music. We yeah. we, mm-hmm. we we agree on something. That's always a common ground. Yeah, you know it yeah. is, and it becomes like a common, common ground. ground. It's one of the reasons that I love the idea of having music on my show is because sometimes I'm going to talk about things that not everybody who's listening is necessarily going to agree with me on. Yeah. But I think people are too polarizing, even when they state their opinion. And uh, you know, when you bring in a little music, you know, chances are the most musicians that are going to come in are going to have a different mindset, and a different point of view than I do. And it's my it's it's my opportunity to stay connected and not end up living in an echo chamber. You know, yeah, on the absolutely. air where where I'm just repeating what I say over and over again, and everybody, you know, a bunch of yes people call in and, and mm-hmm. repeat that. So you know, we need musicians, we need artists in this world, and it makes this world a little more. It, it makes it makes an ugly world a little prettier sometimes, and yeah. sometimes it makes a pretty world a little uglier too. It just depends on where you are. But. Depending, yeah, for sure. And speaking of a beautiful world, we're doing a music festival uh, that we have all scheduled out on September 28th at the Kenosha Band Shop, Penoyer Park. It's called Our Songs of Freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to OurSongsOfFreedom.org to get tickets. If you're listening, please do. Uh, it's going to be headlined by Betsy Aid. I don't know if you know who she is or not, but she is a Kenosha musician who nice. made it on The Voice uh, and did really, really well. And she's came here and played, and she's insanely talented. Uh, but all the proceeds go to Operation Underground Railroad, which is a... Uh, a uh, nonprofit group that goes and rescues children around the world who are in sex trafficking, wow. uh, s- as young as four and five years old. Believe it or not, yeah. it, it's a, such a horrendous thing is happening. So I'm trying to bring some beauty to the world that day, but also raise money so that these people can rescue these children from these horrible circumstances. And it's um, Operation Underground Railroad, if you want to look it up on, yeah, on Google. They're, they're a fantastic organization. And I know you heard us talking about this, yeah. this Epstein case uh, <laughs> earlier today, but were you aware, I mean, really deeply aware of how, how pervasive this problem was uh, even six months ago or a year ago? No. I mean, honestly, I this is definitely a case that has kind of come to the forefront, obviously, um, in my sphere um, and one that I would like to look into a little bit more. I think I've kind of been running around like a chicken with my head cut off the last few weeks. Um, but I did see the news, and uh, it's very it's very compelling. It's um, very interesting. And I think at the end of the day, I, um, I think that there's cause to be a little bitter about it just because I think um, I, I don't really feel like it's necessarily justice at this point. But oh, um, I, I think that those who are – also involved. I mean, he didn't do this alone, you know. No, there are over so. two million children, yeah, uh, mm. invo- uh, that are being wow. that, that are trafficked every mm. thirty seconds in this world. A child is taken uh, and and sold into slavery. Mm. There are more people in slavery today than when slavery was legal in the United States of America. Mm. That's a really really hard thing to grasp, and something that I didn't know six months ago. Right. And it's once you know it, you can't unknow it. Mm. You know, you just you, you know it's there, and you either choose to do something about it or you choose not to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I I've decided to dedicate a, a considerable portion of of my life 
to to this. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, I still have to make a living. I still have to raise children, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of that. But my creative efforts, all of that, I, I I'm always thinking about how can I be even more successful so that I can give more. I mean, that that is really it. It, it, it drives me forward in ways that I had never been driven forward in the past. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have six of my own children. I have a heart for children. And to think that people could do that on purpose is just, it, yeah, it's, it, horrendous. It, it's, it really it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. So, and we need, you know, we need beautiful things and beautiful music in the world and all that to unplug from all that because if you think about it too much, you'll get depressed. Yeah. But it's, it, 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 it's very real. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, music and art uh, have a really central, I mean, it should rather. I, I don't think that it always does, but I think that it um, definitely is a common ground um, for for things like this just because music is, it's so community-based and it's so relational. Uh, and I think even when uh, the subject matter of music maybe isn't necessarily geared towards um, what's happening in the world, I think that it's still, it's it creates sort of this uh, oasis for all of us to come together. It's sort of this invisible space that we all come to um and it's like you said i mean people from across the aisle can come together and really relate in a way that you can't when you're so polarized Mm, right and we need to become less polarized absolutely yeah all the way around Mm -hmm. because this polarization is designed to ruin our country i believe that i believe that outside forces want to divide us Mm. and the more people start to wake up and realize that that's the case, the more you can realize, hey, I disagree with that person, but we both love our neighborhood, right, our yeah. community, our our country. And when people start thinking about it in those terms, you know, adding some love back into the mix, yeah. I, I think that we solve a lot more problems. For sure, yeah. Love is the cure, for sure. It is. It is the cure. I would love for you to play another song for us. I can do that. Yeah, I can All absolutely right. do that. We've got uh, we've got about five, you know, a couple of minutes, and then we'll, no, we got we'll, plenty of time. We'll, we got plenty of time. We'll chit chat for a little bit yeah. more, and uh, maybe maybe Jim can throw some facts about Joe Jackson when you get done here, and we can <laughs> if you want. About Joe. Yeah, well, I want to know all about Joe Jackson because his birthday. Let me Wikipedia. All right, do you guys want to hear a song about how bad I am at uh, drinking socially? <laughs> <laughs> or do you want to hear a song about uh, the ending of a relationship and going kind of crazy? No, drinking. That's oh, drinking. Okay. Drinking. drinking. All right. Uh, so I wrote this song because obviously as a musician, I frequent bars a lot and mm-hmm. I wanted to write a drinking song. Nice. Um, but I really until recently, actually, uh, really was I didn't go out a whole lot. Mm-hmm. When I would go out to bars, I really drank. Uh, mm-hmm. I just kind of had a little bit of an aversion to it for a while. Um, and so I wanted to write a drinking song that was true to me and my quirkiness and my awkwardness of going to public spaces where people are drinking and feeling like mm-hmm. really out of place. Uh, so this song is called Drink Up My Love. Nice. All right. Learning what it takes, the wheel. Come on, tell me how to feel. Come on, show me what it is. Drifting heads and swimming eyes Every wave a different size This is Saturday's disguise You, you You don't know what to do So let's drink up my love Drink up my love 
up my love, drink up my love. Haven't heard this song in years. Are we allowed to dance in here? Is IPA a type of beer? Probably should have just stayed in with my whiskey and my sin. Cause what's the point if I can't win? I, I don't know why I try. But let's drink up my love, drink up my love. Up my love, drink up my love. We are so confused, and we don't know what to do. But let's drink up my love, drink up my love, drink up my love. Drink up my love. Yeah, that's a fun song. Thanks. I do know what an IPA is. Yeah, that's you had me. Such I was going to say, line. you took <laughs> my punchline. because you had me at IPA. That was great. That was great. I live for IPAs. And, and the folks are listening, you should look on her face when she sings that line, too. Oh. She, she's <laughs> laughing. She's a Loved big it. smile on the face. Yeah, and... no, it's, I just think it's, I, it's, I get it's a, a kick out t- of it. Maybe it's... people are like, oh, I don't know. That's, no, don't no, know that's no, that's, no, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, here, I was trying to post a picture of you on my Instagram, and I had to look, I had to stop and yeah. look at you, make eye contact <laughs> when you when you got to the IPA line, because uh, yeah. hilarious. IPA made me love beer. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. I, it's like this. I don't know. I I I just don't know what like. I'm not like a connoisseur, you know. Right, like right. I am very simple when it comes yeah. to my taste. You know, usually like whiskey and and a light beer is yeah. pretty much yeah. where I'm at. So. I got introduced to this new IPA in Florida last week. I was on vacation from Sweetwater Brewery, which is out of Atlanta, and it's uh, called Four Two O Strain IPA. Four Two O Strain, mm. and it has terpenes from cannabis. Yeah, Four Two O Four Twenty. Yeah. What? And the yes, bar, they were they were pouring <laughs> tappers of it at the bar at the resort that we were at, mm-hmm. which caters to children, okay? But all of a sudden, I kept smelling weed. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? I keep smelling weed, and it was the beer. No way. Way. And I drank a lot of it. Nice. Oh, yes. It <laughs> was so good. And ate so many pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> Now it does not have THC in it, right? Yeah, okay, sure. but the smell, the the and and I always thought that that's a really good pairing anyway, cannabis and IPAs because mm-hmm. hops and cannabis come from the same family. Yeah. They both they're both strong. You know, if if I were to smoke, I would probably want to have an IPA with it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I imagine that anyway. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. So uh, <laughs> when that smell wafted over to the swimming pool where my kids were lounging in the lazy <laughs> river, I said, "I'm going to get lazy on the lounge chairs with my four two zero strain IPA." Nice. nice. And uh, I hope choice. my wife's listening right now because she'll be laughing her butt off. <laughs> but that, so when you got to that line there, that was just uh, that, that I identified with it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a fun it's a fun song because it's true to me, but also I think like right. even people that are comfortable in those yeah. situations, I, I think still have some social right. anxiety. Yeah. So like, yeah, oh yeah, like sometimes I, get I don't the, know I, if I, I should I, dance. I, I, I like, get I get all the time. 
People are like, yeah. oh, how can you? I'm like, no, I am. I'm very awkward around yeah. people. Yeah. In uh, in social situations like that. As well. There's a lot of people who are you know, a lot of artists, a lot of radio people, a lot of television yeah. people. Yeah. Once they get around people and they're off, you know, and they're turned off, yeah. it's hard. It's like. You either have to be turned on or turned off, and it's like you almost don't want to interact with people when you know you're not turned on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If yeah. that makes any, if, no, if I that totally, makes any sense at yeah. all. I'm a little bit of like a, um, I think the, I don't know if it's like an official term, but like ambivert. So like you're kind of introverted mm-hmm. and you're also extroverted. I'm the so, most introverted extrovert you'd ever meet. Yeah. So you I'm know? definitely like, I'm a homebody. I like mm-hmm. being at home. I like being out by myself and creating things. Right. Uh, but I also like really got, am like a little mm, bit of like an energy vampire. Yeah. I definitely feed off of other people. Sure, so. sure, absolutely. Bingo. And, yeah. and, and you have to perform. You have to, you know, I mean. Right, yeah, so I kind of yeah. have to find a way to be good at well, being that's around I, people. I, I, I act, I do comedy, oh, I do nice. that yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's like sometimes I don't want to go on stage, but, you know, I have to. Right, yeah. You know, so. or it, it's just like, you know, I, you know, I just I force myself. Yeah, yeah, but once you, you know, step on, once but you once step I step on, on stage, I, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that goes back to having that confidence in your music to say, "Hey, come see me, come yeah. some see thing." I mean, because I did a comedy show. It's like, uh, should I come to a comedy show? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you should because yeah. you know we're we're actually funny, you know, <laughs> and we are, and we we're, we're very good. In the group that I work with, but you know, it's just to have that confidence that yes, you will enjoy yourself. And you will yeah. enjoy your music. And, I mean, it's having that confidence. Well, yeah, you kind of almost have to take yourself seriously first yeah. before anybody else is going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a tough position to be in as, like, kind of an introvert because mm-hmm. you don't want to put yourself out there and be like, yeah, like, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> look at my stuff. <laughs> but at the same time. You have to. But yeah. say, hey, look yeah. at me. I mean, look at my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you guys so, got to sell ourselves. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. And people yeah. don't realize how many hours you spend quiet and alone. Mm-hmm with your mind in order to create what looks like it came natural out of you yeah. when, when it's ready to do, but it, it doesn't come out that naturally. Mm-hmm. It takes, you know, I, I, I have to be alone for two hours before this show every week. Mm. Yeah. Really. And today I did it here. Sometimes I do it at my office, but I pack up, I leave my house. I say goodbye to my wife and kids. I tell my kids I'll see them in the morning. Mm-hmm. I ask my wife to be waiting up for me when I get home. And uh, I go and I, sometimes I just sit. Yeah. Sometimes I look things up, but it, it takes it, mm-hmm. it takes an incredible. It's like you almost have to get the energy up yeah. for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it, it's meditation is what mm-hmm. it is. Like you have to you have to definitely prepare yourself. And yeah. a lot of the stuff that I write, I mean, really all the stuff that I mm-hmm. write comes from a very meditative sure. place. So I think you kind of almost have to bring yourself back there before what's, you. What's 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 like the biggest crowd you played in front of? Oh God, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've I've played at Summerfest for six years. Okay, um, I would say. Probably somewhere at Summerfest mm-hmm. was the biggest crowd I ever played. I'm probably forgetting something sure, really sure. huge. You know, I'm a little fish in a big pond. So. Right, well, yeah. But, I mean, you know, a couple hundred, like a yeah. hundred maybe. A few hundred people, yeah. this or that, you know. And, Here and, and there. There's something yeah. about performing in front of a big crowd, and then at the end of the night you had a great night, everybody's mm-hmm. having fun, and then it shuts off when you go home. Yeah. And you're going home and you got this little buzz in your head, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, now what? Mm. You know, I mean, if you don't have anyone to go home to, yeah. you know, this yeah. or that, and it's kind of like I lay in bed and it's like, okay, well, that was great. That was great. I guess I'll 
try to go to sleep now. Yeah, but no, I try with to go to with sleep. With that adrenaline rush still surging through your veins. adrenaline rush still surging through your veins. I mean. Yeah, usually after a show, I'm up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, my cat also is of no help to me there. <laughs> okay. She's really psycho, so. That's why sometimes I end up going to Sullivan's after the show to, to have a have a decompress. beer or two. Yeah, yeah just, to decompress. Just decompress. Yeah. It's a little hole in the wall bar around the corner. Nice. And you know, no one really knows anything about why I'm there. I'm just sitting there. Yeah, I saw beer. your car there last week. <laughs> I was in Florida After, last week. Oh, the week, so, week before. Who's your biggest musical influence? Oh. I, I, I hear a little Nora Jones in there. I hope you take it as a compliment. I do. Uh, I would not say she's one of the biggest influences, but I did grow up mm-hmm. listening to a lot. She was one of the, the um, musicians that was definitely a little bit on repeat. I, I came up with my, um, my family. I listened to a lot of... Um, R&B and older stuff mm-hmm. and jazz and okay. you know, going back to like Sinatra, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So jazz vocalists um, were pretty important to me when I was mm-hmm. a little younger. And then I kind of. Um, I just love the way they sing. They yeah. get a little attitude to themselves. Mm-hmm. I noticed that in your, in your music when you first yeah, couple of songs. Yeah, I tried to. The way, the way you, uh, pr- you know, pronounce things. And just yeah. diff- and it's great, by the way. Thank I you. Re- I really enjoy mm-hmm. that. It's a little something different, you know, than, than the regular Stuff that's put out. I'm there. trying. I'm yeah, trying, right. Yeah. Well, but, you're uh, you're gonna kill. You just need to, your music just has to get in front of the right set of ears, thanks. and your your star is gonna rise. Any other any other airplay that you're getting? I mean, the um, eighty-eight nine helping you I out at all? Am, I I sent them my event and okay. they posted it on their calendar. Okay, eighty-eight nine did. Um, but I got I have to send a CD to Justin Barney, okay. who does a lot Justin of the does, Milwaukee yep. mm-hmm. music. But I need to get him a right. physical copy. Right. I think. Um, so yeah, yeah that's right. that's. I'm hoping to get right. some great radio play in Milwaukee too. Okay. I I do get some stuff on River West Radio nice. 104.1. We'll talk. Nice. We'll talk. Yeah. I, I know people. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I guess about it. We're that we're is out of time here. That's a, we are all out of time on Get Real with Ralph. We decided we're gonna take it out with an Andy song. Spoon fed woman. Spoon fed Spoon fed spoon fed women. Spoon-fed women, take them out to dinner Show off all your tattoos, explain all their meanings, yeah Spoon-fed, spoon-fed women Cause you know the weaker that they are The deeper that they scar You love to love them with your poetry Then walk away You always told me that the timing wasn't right That in a couple Try this fight. Let me make it clear. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Spoon fed, spoon fed woman. 